I'm John. And I'm Keith. And this is... Blumadoodle. Your somewhat reliable source of information for... Most things, John. Most things, Keith, including the laws of physics and the universe and all the answers to man's questions about life and existence. And things that break the laws of physics, like a perpetual motion machine. Absolutely. But first, Keith, we're just going to say this. Widows slash GoFundMe slash Flumadiddle. Yes. We've Go. been talking about this. Help us out. We're still raising funds for the widows. Yeah. Doing great with it. We got enough to uh, send a widow on the cruise. Enough for a whole scholarship plus a little bit. So um, doing great. So continue with that. All right. All right. So Keith, for a long time now, folks have been trying to create this little thing called a perpetual motion machine. How long, John? Eons. <laughs> At least since the Renaissance, right? We know that. Middle well, Ages, you know Renaissance. what? Maybe even back as far as about the 12th century, for sure. Yeah. With a um, mathematician known as Bascara. Ooh. Which century? 12th century. 12th century. And the overbalanced wheel. Yeah. This thing was to have the, I guess, the weights on one side of the wheel be heavier and continue to sling this thing around, but... It's a bunch of hooty hoo. Okay, so, so what is anyway, a perpetual motion so machine? So perpetual motion machine is a machine that once energy is added to it to get it moving, it will move perpetually without any loss of energy. Forever. At least until the big freeze, Keith. <laughs> Which is forever. Which is forever. At least a hundred trillion years. The big freeze would be the end of the universe. Yeah, right? the earth the universe has expanded so much yeah. that there is no or let's put it this way, there is zero thermodynamic free energy left, Keith. Right. So anyway, so it's a vast, cold... Unless God says stop, and then everything just stops, and it don't expand anymore. Hammer time. (laughs) Stop. All right, right, So here's the thing, John. So why would you want a perpetual motion machine? What's the purpose of this thing? Because, Keith, the idea is free energy. How, though? What are you going to tell me, or are we going to hit the scientific part of it? No, first? I mean, you just describe what it is. Right. And what it is is that the energy continues like forever, right? Right. But in that idea itself, you said nothing about it creating energy. Well, there you go, Keith, because that's what I'm getting into right now. So All let's right. uh, let's hang a left that's not really a left, Keith. We got this little thing called the three laws of thermodynamics. Yeah. The first one, quite simply, is the law of the conservation of energy, Keith. Yes. That means energy can neither be created nor destroyed. Okay. All right. So a simple example of that would be light. Right. You think you're creating energy. You're not. You're just converting electrical energy into light. Right. So you're not creating anything. Just changing states. It's just changing. That's all. And that's all it can do. It can't create energy. So even if you built a perpetual motion machine, it could never put out more energy than was put into it. So there's a is there a finite amount of energy? I would say yes. That's a deep question, ain't it? No, there very definitely is. Yeah. That would be a very huge amount, and I don't know that anybody could even begin to calculate what that is, Keith. Yes. But let's hit the second law of thermodynamics. Okay, let's hit it. A little word called entropy. Okay. That basically means that in a closed system... That means that when your muscles haven't been used for a long time... They atrophy. Oh, that's yeah. a different that's, that's word. That's a different thing. Okay, gotcha. So, but entropy would be basically that in a closed system, everything tends toward disorder. Okay. All right, so imagine this. Keith. I know people like that. Exa- well, exactly, and that's why we're going to... For simplicity's sake, we're going to use an example. Okay. Let's imagine a room that you never clean. 
it's just going to slowly easy, over time. Easy to imagine. Okay. It's just going to slowly over time continue to be more and more messy. Right. It's not going to just reverse itself. And even if you take the time to clean it up, the amount of energy you've put into that yeah. is a certain amount of energy. And all you're really doing is decreasing the entropy there and adding that somewhere else so outside of the system. It balances. There you go. So here's a really great example. We're in the south here. Keith, how many times have you ran around some old country roads or something and you see some old building or some old house? Run around that naked. Exactly. If you want to, Keith, but I don't want to hear about that. This is okay. a family show. I got you. And, uh, but let's imagine you're driving around or in somewhere, a city where there's neighborhoods where houses haven't been lived in for years. Okay. You would think, right, that even if you don't do a lot of fix-it-up work on your house where you're at, that it would decline faster than a house just sitting there. Yeah. But never, man. Entropy is that house falling in, that roof falling in. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's just going to happen. It's just headed towards a state of disorder. And I don't know why that is. You've got a house nobody lives in. Nobody's messing it up. Well, there's another law, right? The third law of thermodynamics. Well, no. Which really doesn't come into play. No, that don't come into play. No, this is uh, actually a quantum mechanics uh, principle. All right, let's hit this before we go into that. uncertainty principle. All right, before you get that, let me lay this out real quick. Lay it out, man. So the basic idea is that a perpetual motion machine at least in theory, violates the first two laws of thermodynamics. Okay, and so I, it's not I think it's important to mention, too, that you said laws of thermodynamics. Right. Which means what? What is a law in science? In science, these two things are as close to absolutely sure as can be. Yeah. Well, they don't make it a law until it's been tested. Right. Everything proven, that we've ever right? observed in the history of science proves these things true. Now, when did the laws of thermodynamics come into play? They were articulated in the form that we know in the 1800s, in the mid-1800s. So we've always had them, but they didn't know about them. So I got to give There's people hinting at them, like Newton and stuff, but in the mid-1800s, a guy named Clausius and another guy kind of formulated what we know as the conservation of energy, entropy, and defining those for the people. Okay, so let's just say it. Based on the laws of thermodynamics, a perpetual motion machine is what? Impossible. Okay. But let's give a little slack to the people back in the Renaissance age who didn't have the laws of thermodynamics. Right. Before that, that wasn't clearly formulated. Right. Are you going to hit your uncertainty thing now, though? we got thermodynamics laid well, out. So what's the quantum thing you're getting into? Well, the uncertainty principle says that uh, on a quantum scale, all things are always in motion. And so, like, even though... Well, I get that. Even though you don't seem like, like it is. Like, this table is not theoretically solid. All the, Everything's right. moving and grooving. And so, so like, what you were saying, that everything's always headed toward a state of disorder. If all things on a quantum level are always in motion, that means that even though you might seem stable, it is headed toward a state of disorder, no matter what. Right. And so... They have made perpetual motion machines that have seemed to be perpetual motion machines, but they're not. Right. For certain reasons. But here's the thing about this, John. We know that these laws of thermodynamics say that it's impossible. So scientists now, when someone is comes up with a perpetual motion machine, they, they start with that. They do. It's not about engineer. trying to figure out if we can make a perpetual motion machine anymore. It's now trying to show how whatever perpetual motion machine is supposedly made is not actually a perpetual motion machine. Because right. you start with the fact that it is impossible. You start with that. Right. Right? Unless you don't. 
Unless you don't. <laughs> <laughs> the, I like this guy at MIT said this, Fry. He's like, is perpetual motion possible? No, but things can be engineered to approximate or mimic it. Right. So if you're seeing stuff on YouTube, it's not a perpetual motion machine. Right. But it's interesting. I don't know how deeply we're going to get into some of those things that people have built. We'll do that here in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the laws of physics indicate, right, that perpetual motion would occur only if there were no external unbalanced forces. Which is impossible. Which is impossible. So they engineer a solution by which the object in motion can consume some store of energy or gather energy from an external source so that it can approximate perpetual motion. Okay. But so it ain't the real thing. Before we get too deep, let me get into what I was saying earlier. All right, do it, man. The idea of creating it would be unlimited energy, right? Right. But the best case scenario of these things that have been made would be only, like, let's just say that it was possible for a second. The best thing that you could possibly do would be more of an energy storage That's than an energy creator. All right, so let's hit that point, Keith. So then at, at that point, it's a useless machine anyway. It's useless. Yeah. All right, so what would you have to do? First of all, you would have to alleviate what? All friction? Is that what friction. you're talking about? Yeah, friction. Okay. Bam. Friction is energy to heat, man. Yeah. You know, something rolling along, the, you know, a marble rolling down the table. Even the old, you know, you put a uh, washer on a string and swing it back and forth, even the air has friction. Exactly. Maybe so, a small amount, but it does have friction. Right? Absolutely, man. So the second thing is the only way you could do that is to make this machine in a vacuum. Right. Well, that's not very What about practical. space, right? Well, no, not even in space. We're going to get to that. As a matter of fact, <laughs> one of the most one of the things that seems most like a perpetual motion machine that we know and see every day would be the moon. Yeah, or the cosmos in general. Right? In general, but yeah. the, for us, the moon it just keeps on swinging and keeps doing its thing, mm-hmm. you know, day after day. But now, through the use of sophisticated scientific devices, Keith. Okay. They have determined. You know they. Yeah, they. They they enjoy flumadiddle too. They so do, yeah. They do. They're Who does guessing it, really. They're guessing, they're measuring, they're approximating the idea that the moon is moving about two centimeters away from the earth every year. Oh my gosh, we're doomed. We're doomed, Keith. So there you go. So even the moon and the celestial forces, you know, you got gravitational yeah. stuff. You got all kinds of stuff. They will eventually fizzle out. It'll eventually fizzle. All right, so the next thing, you can't build it in a vacuum, it don't happen, man. And it can't make what, too? What can it make? It make energy? What, what it we can't about? make sound. Oh, yeah, because sound itself. Sound is an, energy, is, is, a yeah. what? is an energy. Yeah. So if you see it on YouTube and it's making a sound. So it's either dissipating energy or losing heat, energy through heat. Generally through heat or, or sound. sound. Yeah. yeah. All Different right. ways. So like you said, it's pointless. So at best... It's only going to put out the energy that it puts in because it can't create energy. So once again, it's a useless storage device at best, even if you can get it working. Okay. So, so no for our listeners, can. before we lose them, because, I mean, this can be kind of brain-breaking and it can go back and forth and in circles and all that. Let's give a couple examples of what we mean. Yeah, let's do that, man. Okay. So like basically, let's say the example of a counterbalance. Right. If on one end you were to pick up something and drop it and use gravity for to make that thing go down and then you somehow or another use that energy. Well, the problem is is it took energy to raise that thing. All right. And so the amount of energy that comes out 
it also takes that amount of energy to raise it. So therefore, it's useless. Right. And uh, you can see... Oh, what's another example? What, like, Here's how about a good the, one. How about the balls on the strings? Did you mention that a minute ago? Yeah, I did. That's the uh, over... What do they call it? The overbalanced wheel. Right? The weights would swing to one side applying a greater torque Yeah. to keep the other side spinning, but it's doomed to fail, Keith. One side of the wheel will always have more no- weights than the other. Yes. Therefore, keeping the torque boringly in balance is one website said, Keith. Right. Boringly in balance. Boringly. How about this one? I've seen this. The self-filling flask. And is that Did the, you see that? Is that the little bird? No, this one. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's on this principle. I've yeah. seen it where it looked like you, somebody cut off part of a two liter. But in the 17th century, chemist Robert Boyle proposed a self-filling flask, right? In that you pour the liquid in the flask. Yeah, and then it goes And there's a tube the that tube flowed back around. Back into it. Yeah. And because of the capillary action where liquids cling to the sides of stuff and do all kinds of stuff that we don't even know about. Yeah, they call it the capillary perpetual motion machine. There you go. It won't fling water out of the tube, however, it just ain't working. Why don't it work? Eventually you have evaporation. Well, that could be a point. There is friction from the water onto the uh, tube. Yeah, the tube. There's friction there. It says the the capillary action requires a surface to cling to. Thus, the liquid will never leave the long tube. Right. So it it seems like a perpetual motion machine. Seems like it. How about using magnets? Like we talked about that. Yeah, I've actually. heard about the magnet one. Actually, the first time we mentioned perpetual motion machine was in our um, what was that place? Called? Coral Castle episode. So go back and listen to that. We proposed that this guy may have possibly have figured out a way to use magnets to create a perpetual motion machine in order to uh, create like a type of pulley system, right? So. I think that's actually possible. You could use magnets as energy, but it's not a perpetual motion machine because, first of all, magnets do actually lose magnification over time. Over time, yeah. And second of all, it actually takes an enormous amount of energy to create a magnet. If you can look right. up on YouTube or search Speaking the internet to figure key, out how they create magnets, it takes a, very a lot of energy magnet. to create magnets. See that uh, magnet right there, Key? Yeah, it looks uh, small. It is small, but it's very powerful. Okay. Yeah. There you go. It flat. It is hard to get off there. This is actually out of a old school internal hard drive. Oh, okay. Like for a computer, some big magnets that affect the right processes, the floating like the mechanical crap. That's the technical version of that, Keith. Because we are your somewhat reliable source of information. I got you. We're not physicists. The floating crap. The floating crap. Yeah, that's the technical word for it. That's the technical. Hang on, let's see. Oh, yeah. There's. Oh, that one. I wish I had something metal for you to stick that to, Keith, because it's... Hang on. Okay. All right, you heard that. It just so peaked. strong All right, try magnet. to pull that off. Just try to peel it up like from the side like that. All right, let's see what we do. Good grief. That's strong. Pretty stout yeah, for a small stout. magnet. So anyway, so like you said, Keith, the magnets, man, they'll lose power over time. Yeah. Maybe a long time. Right. And so but Those little clickings you hear are the magnets snapping back to my cabinet here. So in the pursuit... John, of perpetual motion machines. Have they come up with anything useful? I would give that a resounding... I'm not sure, Keith. <laughs> but I'm sure that they must have. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I think having these ideas of being able to use magnets for engines and stuff like that obviously can be used for something, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like maybe an MRI machine or something. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know what we're talking about, man. Okay, how about this? Uh, I think this, you know, because I'm sure if you get on YouTube or something, you look up some of these videos, like these people are sure that they've created a perpetual motion machine. But they haven't. But they haven't. But you know what? I think to like belong to the Flat Earth Society, like if you look in their liner notes, it says you must believe in perpetual motion machines too. Oh, really? No, I don't know. Oh, I just thought that was kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) I will say this. So you're grouping them people together. Exactly. Flat earthers and perpetual motion machine people are definitely cut from the same cloth. Yeah, and they didn't land on the moon either. No. So there's no way we know it's moving two centimeters away, so we're all wrong. All right, so let me tell you this, though. Some great minds have attempted to create perpetual motion Some great minds think a lot. Exactly. So speaking of, Keith. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, today would be the birthday, should he be living, the 102nd birthday of my incredible, fabulous grandfather, Robert Payton. I'll stop there. I won't say the last name. We're not going to give all our information away. Okay. But he was a very mechanically oriented person, kind of a mechanical savant, if you will. And he did auto body work, worked on cars, fabricated his own tools that he needed for stuff. And I was taking physics back in like high school and looking at going into mechanical engineering at one time. And I started talking to him about this whole thing, this perpetual motion thing. And he drew up some kind of hydraulic fluid-based machine that he was absolutely determined. Was it similar to the capillary? I wonder if it was. I really don't know. I wish I would have paid closer attention. But what was so funny is I, I would tell him that. I said, but Papa, it's just not physically possible. And he was just adamant. He's like, well, I don't care if it's physically possible, but if you make what I draw right here, it'll yeah. do what I say it's going to do. So he didn't make it. He just drew it out. He drew it. He had this concept in his head when we started talking about that. Yeah. He didn't know about the laws of thermodynamics, but he knew what he knew. And he was a pretty, like I said, maybe not um, school smart guy. Right. But very incredible, very high mechanical aptitude. Yeah. And he was just determined, man, if you do what I say right here with this hydraulic fluid. And it was something simple. It wasn't to create some incredible reserve of energy. But it was using hydraulic forces and fluid and oil and some kind of thing. He could keep something spinning. Right. In perpetuity. In perpetuity. That, hey, Keith, I think we have us a word for the day. In, in perpetuity. perpetuity. I like it. All right. So what else you got with this, man? Okay. So I think a good example of why it's useless. All right. Let's just take the, have you seen the one where you got like four balls on strings and you lift one up? Oh yeah. And then you transfer of energy through the thunk. Yeah. Thunk. Okay. The middle ball stays still. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. And, And so like, if you were to transfer that energy through and say, say you wanted that to push a button, right? Well, the same amount of energy it took to pull that back ball up, if that front ball hits the button, it would equal it. And as soon as it hits the button, and then those things are not moving anymore, so you have taken the energy out of it, and it's gone. So that's the point. A perpetual motion machine, at best, even if you could pull this off, would only store energy. It can't create it. And as soon as it starts putting energy out, if there's not a continual source of energy coming in... Then it's gone. it's gone, man. And so, like, that's why they think, well, we, well, you could use magnets. You know, that's your continuous source of energy. Yeah, and magnets. You know, what about a uh, permanent magnet? 
well, permanent magnets are, are not actually permanent. You know, they do dissipate over time. But like I said, maybe you could use some kind of make some kind of useful machine out of it just based on these concepts. But Keith, you know we shell, all it is impossible. Can't do it. Don't tell me it's impossible, hey, hey, John. You know what would be awesome if there's a flumadiddler out there who thinks they can make a perpetual motion machine. Oh my gosh. Do it. You're going to get Show somebody us. obsessive over this. All right. So listen. So we always Of course, you know what? They told Tesla that AC motor was impossible. All right. And then he made one. But that wasn't against the laws of thermodynamics <laughs> and motion, <laughs> apparently. All right, Keith. You know, we always try to throw an um, Irish angle in there. Right. So a shout out to all the folks in Ireland who are listening this evening. Um, I looked up, so I'm not familiar with this, and please forgive my pronunciation. But I decided I would search Irish perpetual motion machine, Keith. So they and just have this little leprechaun that's just constantly, right? Keith, that's the you have source. just totally offended our Irish crowd. What? Don't Irish talk like that. Irish people love leprechauns, man. Keith. They do. Keith. I'm not even going to say what that puts me in the mind of. You can't <laughs> say those kind of things, Keith. We love you. Please, Irish people, forgive Keith. He's a simpleton, and he knows not what he does. <laughs> All right, so I looked up. I know they just like getting drunk and fighting all the time. Keith, oh, oh, oh! Wait what, a minute! That wrong? Wait a minute! That's Alabamians. That's Alabamians. Okay, not Irish. <laughs> That's Irish Alabamians. I, yeah, there you go. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Here you go. Maybe some of you guys know about this. If you do, tell us about it. What I'm seeing is that there's a company, if I pronounce this correctly, called Stjorn. It was a technology company based in Dublin. And in 2006, it announced that it had developed a technology to provide free, clean, and constant energy via via an apparent... Via or via? Via. 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 Yeah. Okay. A perpetual motion machine, Keith. They challenged the scientific community to... Yeah. To yeah. try that again. I don't know. They could do you that. know, some words are like difficult to say, like when Keith's clay... Uh, Keith, pronounce say. this word. D-O-C-U-M-E-N-T-A-R-Y. Documentary. <laughs> oh, he did it on purpose that time. Listen back to the other podcast where he's talking about documentaries. Documentary. <laughs> documentary. I can't. Well, at least you got the word out. I can't even say what word I just tried to say. Stjorn. Stjorn. Challenged the scientific community to investigate their claim. And Keith, I believe they did. In June 2009, 2009 rather, the jury gave its unanimous verdict that Stjorn had not demonstrated the production of energy. Who didn't? Of course they didn't. Stjorn, <laughs> the Irish company out of uh, Dublin. So they like went bankrupt, didn't they? Well, it says in 2016, the company laid off its staff, closed its facility, and prepared for liquidation, Keith. Oh, Stjorn is a Norse word, actually, instead of an Irish word, meaning to guide or manage. Anyway. Hmm. You didn't know the Norse people came from Ireland? Well, I mean, to be honest, if you look at Keith, Keith, I think you came from Ireland. Yeah, I know. You're very I have a ruddy. That's you why have I, a very ruddy complexion. That's why I can reddish. offend them and get away with it. Because you're Irish deep down in your innards. But, um, yeah, well, Notre Dame will have to change their name if that offends them, though. What? <laughs> you know? Right? Okay, if you say so, man. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish? Is that not their... That's Logan? it, man. Okay. Our mother. So they don't, don't offend them or they'll okay. be all over Notre all Dame. Right, man. They like the fact that they're scrappy. Oh, that, yeah, absolutely, man. All right. I guess that's all I have to say about the Stjorn Company, Keith. Okay. So, look. 
I'm looking. We've determined it's not possible. Yes. But if we build one and we're able to pull this off, Keith, we'd I mean we'd go down in history for sure. Well, you know I'm a practical guy, John. Yes, you are. I don't care if it's possible. If it's useless, what's the point? You well, know what I mean? That's a very good point, actually, Keith. Yeah. Right. So like if you could store energy forever. You know what we call that? A really good a battery. Really good battery. Yeah. And so I'd say our chances to work on I'd say we'd be better off to work on battery technology. Yeah. Than uh perpetual motion machines. Because like even if you were able to create one, the uh I don't know what you call it, when it lets go of the energy, the what would you call that, John? Letting go of the energy. Giving it away. <laughs> giving it away, give it away, give it away now. Okay, so like a lithium-ion battery, the idea of making a better battery is to, to release the energy slower, right? Store a whole lot and release it slowly. Okay. You I don't know that that's the... Is that the point? Well, that you wanna, would be a whole other one. You want to make your... You the, want it to be able to store energy for a long time, releasing it you as want you it need to, it. Yeah, you want the cells to be smaller and smaller, to be able to store more and more energy in a smaller and smaller space and make the stuff that the energy is being supplied to being more and more efficient. Right. So those two things work hand in hand. So, But this thing, if you were to create it, it would let the energy out all at once, whatever you put into it. Well, you could work that out, man. Maybe you feed your perpetual motion machine into the state-of-the-art some kind of ion battery that we haven't even discovered yet, Keith. But that's if it's creating energy. Yeah. I'm talking about if it's just storing energy. Okay. So I'm just saying it's not even practical as it's like not. a it's battery. Not, practical. not it's even a, as a battery. You're right. It's a stupid idea. It's stupid. And I think for most of the people, it's just a point of concept. It just is. kind of being a contrarian. Yeah. Like, I'll show you. I'll show you I that I can not you do this what? thing. I can make this Tinker Toy flywheel spin around for the rest of your life. Yeah, except you don't. Except you don't. All right, Keith, well, I guess we've blabbered on about enough. We've come to a conclusion that perpetual motion machines have accomplished nothing for the human race. Okay. Or very little. Yes. But it's fun to talk about. But I want to challenge my brother, Jim Clay, to make one. I think Jim would like this. Uh, <laughs> He's the type that would try to prove me wrong yeah, this. <laughs> I think he would like this kind of geekery. And... uh I will say. I think Eric uh, and Jason Slack would like the geekery of this. Speaking of Eric Slack, I was just fixing to mention him. Mention him. Did I say right? Mention him. Mention him. I was just fixing to mention him. Um, He um, commented one time on one of our videos or podcasts or something that he was listening to us on his anniversary. That's how much he likes us. All right. We want to give him a shout out and and just let you know that I am repaying the favor because today is my anniversary and I'm here recording for you Fleming. Oh, man, we got to get you out of here and get you on your date with your wife. Then, <laughs> That's man. right. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for listening. And you can reach us at doyouflummadiddle at gmail.com. And doyouflummadiddle.com is a website which you can download all the episodes. But more importantly, find us on your favorite podcast Please app do. and subscribe or follow. Keith, I'll tell you what I'm going to do real quick. For our Android folks... I have come to the conclusion that you'd probably be just about as well off just using the Google Podcast app. Yeah. I've been using it. It's very light on the battery. Some podcast apps will chew that. Speaking of batteries, will chew that battery up, Keith. So I have been using the Google Podcast app, and I'm pretty sure you can go in there on that app and leave us a review too. So awesome. still the Apple uh, iTunes podcast stuff is still kind of the top of the heap. So please go there and leave us a five-star review. Yep. And uh, listen, guys, you did, if you missed Extinct, 
Animals, that was a really popular one, so you're missing out because people seem to like that one. Bill Murray was the last one before that. We loved it. it Bill good. Murray. We love it. And, Bye, uh, yeah, I see it, man. Hey, have a great evening. We love y'all. Grace and peace.